Thank you for joining us. We've made it through another month, and now we are in October of this global pandemic. We're going to make it, guys. 2020 is almost over. But while we're in it, let's do as much as we can to help people that are suffering from mental illness. October supports Mental Illness Awareness Week, October 4th to October 10th, but we're dedicating the entire month to talking about mental health, mental illness, depression, anxiety, OCD, addiction, alcoholism. And we are very happy to have you here to contribute to helping each other get better. If you are thinking of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. We need you here. Welcome to the show. I'm very proud um, to have this wonderful guest here with me today. Her name is Deva Guerin, and she is an author, a co-author, and many, 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 many things that you're going to find out about in this podcast. We're going to do a part two because Guerin um, had some issues with her video today, but that is not going to stop us, especially when we want to have these hard conversations about mental health and suicide prevention and all things difficult. So, um, David, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you so much. Um, Deva, I was introduced to you through my friend, Lisette, who was enamored and excited to speak to you. So was I. I read the article that came out on September 16th that you wrote about your husband, mm -hmm. um, who you recently lost to suicide. And I'm so sorry to hear about this loss and I'm so proud of you without ever meeting you oh, that thank you would you. be brave enough um, to, to speak about it to help somebody else. How are you today? Um, actually, I will not lie to you. It's very difficult, um, as you know. Um, the first, it was not even a year that this happened and it was a very traumatic experience. No one had an idea. He showed no no signs of anything except now looking back somewhat um, now that I know about the warning signs and risk factors of suicide, but he basically held everything in. It was a normal day, October 15th, 2019. He texted me, I love you. And a minute and a half later, he was dead. Um, it was the, the most, I've never had such a traumatic experience. My son, uh, Nick, uh, texted me before, right after Terry texted me, I love you. And he was concerned because he got a weird text message. And I said, what was it? And he said, well, dad just wrote goodbye. You two are the finest sons any father could ever have. Then I knew there was something wrong. And I ran downstairs. Sure enough, um, the gun was missing. And there were two envelopes um, on the bed. And I opened one of them. The first line was, by the time you read this, you'll know what I have done. And so what he did is he left that morning and drove, wrote actually four pages to me, which were like almost love letters, beautiful, trying to explain everything, what he was feeling, how much he felt like a failure, which is, was ridiculous. And um, he literally drove from the house, went to an abandoned restaurant, wrote a note in the car for our friend who was the sheriff at the time of our county and said, Matt, can you please identify uh, or please um, get in touch with my wife, let her know I don't want her to see me this way. And then he called 911 himself and told, I heard the call 
he called 911 and said um, he's going to shoot himself and please send some deputies over to where he was so that I wouldn't find him that way. So that was probably the most, yeah, an awful, awful experience. Awful. I am. I'm all teared up here <laughs> and, um, because it really, it's, uh, I can't even imagine what that phone call must be like, but um, there were a few things. I, I read the article that you had put out um, in the Tampa Bay local paper and I had picked out a few things um, that he had said that he was feeling old and, and useless and like you mentioned, like a failure. And, and then I thought that you know, this article about ageism and, and toxic masculinity was so, it was so powerful because, you know, he was a Pulitzer Prize winner, um, a veteran, retired from Wall Street executive. I mean, it doesn't matter where you come from. Mm -hmm. that, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, um, having written so many stories about veterans over the past nine years, many of whom were suicidal or had extremely bad PTSD, like in our current book that's coming out Monday. But Terry held it in. Like a lot of men, they mm -hmm. cannot show weakness. Terry was a veteran as well before he you know, went to school and got his MBA and uh, got two masters actually. And mm -hmm. it was just unheard of for anybody to express their feelings. So he held everything in. No one even knew that he had depression. And so when he had some behaviors that maybe you might say, oh, he's a little grumpy today, or he seems a little off, but everybody is some days, and you just don't really take that as anything at all. But after this happened, um, I, I started probably like you would, reading everything, everything I could get my hands on. I even called Dr. Thomas Joyner, who's one of the world's leading experts on suicide from, I think, Florida State University. He's a researcher, wonderful man. I read all his books and I mm -hmm. called him hoping he might take me as a patient because I was so upset. It was like two weeks later. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, he couldn't because he, we were in different states at the time. Um, but he was so kind and so helpful. And he said, you just really need to have time. And go to counseling and just express your feelings. You're going to feel so many things, anger, abandonment, uh, you name it, and guilt. And why didn't you see what happened and all of these things, which I did feel. But thankfully, reading everything, um, they gave us as part of the crisis team, a little handbook. I think it was by the Association of Suicidology, which was fabulous. And it was like a suicide survivor handbook, which it was. I, I still read it all the time. I must read it once a week because it made me feel so much better to know that, no, I couldn't have seen it. No one can get in the head of somebody who is that uh, clinically depressed. Um, and in Terry's case, nobody had an idea. And that, the shock, I think, uh, no matter, you know, it happens to anybody, is going to be shocking. But not having a clue and having it by such a violent means. And then I wanted to go to the scene. He, he, I knew he would go a mile away, which he did. I knew mm -hmm. he was going towards Assateague Island because I thought that was the remote, most remote place he could go. And I had to go there, but when the detectives came, of course, they, it's a crime scene until otherwise, you know, so they took all the evidence. And thankfully, our friend who was the sheriff read Terry's suicide notes, which were four pages long, realized it was not a murder. And so they closed the case and therefore he didn't have to have an autopsy. It made it much, much easier. 
but I still had to go to the scene and see. And I'll tell you what, part of me, I wish I didn't go and I'm kind of glad that I did. We were there that I went the next day. I was mm. so traumatized, but I had to go. And um, my son's fiance and all the kids were there and their people and my cousins and everybody. So I had a lot of great support, but I went to the scene and the funeral director did not clean up um, a good portion of the blood and his brain fluid. And I thought I was going to pass out. It was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, very traumatic, very traumatic. You know, um, like yourself, um, I'm a, a researcher. And uh, I, I mentioned to you before we got on this call today that um, after, you know, I wrote this book about mental health and, and it wasn't until after I released it because I had to relive all of the trauma mm-hmm. that I went through myself um, in this very room that I'm recording this podcast with you today. Um, I'm intentional about that sometimes when I know I'm going to have a, a hard conversation because I, I do feel like it was a blessing in disguise to have um, an enlightenment about all of this trauma. You keep saying mm-hmm. the word trauma. And um the trauma is something that you have to live with, right? And, and navigate through. And I'm going to assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that what you have done, which is very, very brave, and I'm super proud of you, like I said before, without <laughs> even knowing who you are um, until now, <laughs> um, that you would be so brave to do this to help others because you know that that message that you're putting out is helping somebody else. And I'm, I'm sure like me, when I give that opportunity for somebody to feel comfortable enough to share their despair or trauma with me, it's, um, it's, it's kind of like a higher calling, you know? Absolutely. And it's such a good point that you made. Um, some people obviously can't do that. Yeah. For me personally, I felt the need to. In fact, they said when the trauma team came, which was wonderful, they were wonderful people, very helpful. But they said, listen, I suggest, or they suggested not to go on social media, don't talk about it right away, give yourself some time. And I thought to myself, you know, they're right. Well, no kidding. Two days later, I couldn't help it. I just felt that if I didn't know, if I couldn't tell, I have a, a master's degree. I mean, come on, if I couldn't see this, then how many other people couldn't too. I had a responsibility, I felt, to tell my story because in reading so much about suicide and the stigma, it was, no, I don't want my husband's life to be a stigma or what he did to be interpreted as weakness or abandonment. No, it was not. It was a mental health issue that nobody knew. And he is very typical of his age group and of men in general, especially in the military or in careers like Terry had on Wall Street, that you don't discuss your feelings. That isn't masculine, that's too weak. You're taught that in, you know, in the military, you're taught that as a little boy growing up. I just felt compelled that I can't let this stand like this. I cannot not help somebody else because I just felt the need to, and because I'm a writer, I thought uh, that's what I can do. And interestingly, when I first put, um, I put the post out on Facebook, actually, and I went into a lot of detail, I had so many responses from people, all unbelievably caring, mm. and from all walks of life, politicians, um, friends of mine, people I didn't know, reaching out. And I thought, you know what? This is what you have to do, because 
what is it, 60 some thousand people now every year die by suicide in our country, 800,000 plus around the world. This is a, a public health crisis. And if we don't reach out and talk to people, oh, you will never prevent every suicide from happening clearly. But guess what? If I can help one person, two people, yes. Yeah, there you go. What I say it's the same thing, you know, with people that have decided to put their, you know, kind of ego to the side and understand that there is a, a greater purpose to even maybe help somebody that's listening to us today or know somebody that is struggling. Because how could you see the signs? How could you know? Um, you know, certainly looking at um, all of the accomplishments of your husband, how could you? How could you think that would ever happen? Um, and I, I'm sure that a piece of you too, because you have children, you wanted to make sure that you, you know, honored the life of, of your husband, which I really feel like you're doing today. Yes, and you know, that is the, such a great point. Terry um, and I actually, we've known each other, would have been our 25th wedding anniversary in August, um, which was so awful. We've been together 30 years, 30 years. So, Hey, quick interruption on this amazing podcast, but we have to tell you about our awesome sponsor, Thai Technology. They are so cool, and they're here in Tampa Bay, if you're a Tampa Bay listener. Thai Technology is the best voice over IP business phone service company out there. How do I know this? I used to work in telecom before I work with doctors. That's right. So I know me a good phone system when I see it. Plus, they are integrated with Zoom. They are the only ones that are integrated with Zoom. And if you mention this podcast or you mention the Facebook show, they're going to hook you up with three months for free. Follow them on Facebook and on Instagram. Thai Technology Rocks. Adjusting to this new life, the only purpose I can find is to help other people. Um, I was actually going to write a book about it, and I decided against a book because I knew Terry probably wouldn't want every little bit out there and the kids as well. It's very tough for them. So I thought, well, I can do it this way by just, you know, writing op-ed pieces, talking to people. And in every book, it seems like that I've done of the ones about veterans, there are stories in each of the, the last four that I've done that have an L, all of them have elements of suicide in it. But now it brought it all home because now my husband died. Mm -hmm. So. And I'm so sorry it had to be this right but you've you've already seen working with veterans and birds of prey and and patrick bradley and all oh. that oh i mean it's amazing work that you're all doing but so many of our veterans are dying by suicide we're just still suffering um with ptsd and depression and when i have you back i certainly want mm -hmm. to continue that conversation because nobody deserves better care in the world than our veterans Absolutely. And you know, um, the, the book that comes out Monday, and it's called The Eagle on My Arm, How Wounded, How the Wilderness and Wound and Birds of Prey, sorry, Saved a Veteran's Life um, by the University Press of Kentucky. It's also part of the American, the Association of the U.S. Army's uh, American Warrior series, which is really cool. But the bottom line with Patrick and why that is such an amazing story is that he was a, in, in very bad shape. He had probably among the worst cases of PTSD, you can imagine. He was at Walter Reed, injured. They were going to take his left hand, and he was so upset about it, he punched his superior officer. He was mm -hmm. almost in Leavenworth 
but one of his doctors found a program um, where he could go to Canada and count bald eagles in the wild for three years alone. And he went there um, in lieu of going to military prison. And during that three-year experience, he found a healing power of being alone with his thoughts, of being in nature, and literally came out of the Canadian wilderness a changed man. He was very young at the time still, went back to college, got his master's degree, and um, had an amazing career training wild animals for movies and television and managing theme parks with wild animal shows. And then he also managed Wounded Birds of Prey programs in, I think, Virginia, um, Maryland, and Florida, and Oregon. And as a result, by accident, he discovered uh, that, that his son had PTSD as well from being in the army. And he's told him, just take a walk with a wounded bird of prey on your arm. And he did, and he found that his son was feeling better. And he thought, hmm, maybe this is uh, something I should do. And he approached Bay Pines VA Hospital. Mm. And um, they loved the idea. They started bringing veterans there to the park at Largo. And lo and behold, how many years later, seven years later, literally people who were suicidal are now thriving just because of that experience. So I feel like writing these stories about hope and people who have overcome obstacles and done amazing things, it helps me. And I really hope by reading all of these books, this in particular, because it has that inspirational element and, and the whole nature part, um, which is so important today for people suffering with COVID and anxiety and stress from this whole experience of isolation yeah. and loneliness. And it's just as simple sometimes as just walking in a park or taking your dog for a walk or yeah. whatever, whatever it is, and getting out of your, your bad headspace. And, and the other thing is going for help. I've learned, boy, if I didn't have that counseling right away from um, the trauma team, I, don't, I wouldn't have been able to handle this for sure because right. it, it, it was too much. But having the counseling every week and reading so much, I feel that I'm, you know, I will never get over it. You just have to sort of move through it. You don't get over, you know, I'll always miss him. I miss him every day. Mm -hmm. But he was amazing. He basically said to me in four pages of this beautiful messages that I want you to go on with your life. I don't want you to grieve for me. I've had a wonderful life except for this. And um, I want you to get remarried and move to Florida and continue to write wonderful books. Well, I, I keep telling him he's not here, but I say, Tara, I'm not getting married, but I will continue to write books. That's that I can promise and you. In Florida. So that's we moved to Florida. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good thing that I did do that. And, um, and also because just not wanting to be in that house anymore. I, it was just everywhere I looked, he's there. Yeah. And I just didn't want to drive by where he shot himself every day when I was going out, it was just too much. Mm. So yeah, I guess like you do, you try to make the best of it. Well, um, you know, I can't wait to have the second conversation, so I won't dive into it too much, but you brought up such a, a great point about nature and, and what, what solutions we can provide to people that might be suffering, because that is the hope of this show that I've been doing since the pandemic hit. So it's been a lot, but um, I think that, you know, right today, this room that I'm in right now is a, a, a wellness building. I have tweak pine around me and I have natural <laughs> circadian light coming through. Um, awesome. Because I myself, I moved to Florida from New York because I 
I didn't know it at the time that this is, was an actual name, but it was like a seasonal disorder. Right. Oh. Yeah. And I thrived really when, um, when the summer would hit in New York. And after that, it was like doomsday. So um, moving here was a really wonderful thing for my own mental health. And, and any time that I can be surrounded in nature, and of course I have a dog. I wouldn't, of course, I, you have to have a dog. Have to have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like pets are, are so healing. Animals are so healing. And along with getting the right help, like you mentioned, getting that trauma therapy and speaking out about it and talking. I mean, that's the way that we all heal together. That's I mean, so, so true. Yeah. So, um, Deva, you have had an incredible career yourself. I mean, you are um, a consultant. You help people write their stories. You help veterans write their stories, you help them co-author books. I think it's wonderful that you do that. What has that mission been like in your life? Oh my goodness, let me just say this. I am probably among the luckier people um, ever. When I was young and I got out of graduate school, I was hired to um, help manage and plan the bicentennial of the Constitution, which was a big international event. I had no idea what I was doing, truthfully, but he hired me and I thought, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. And yeah. Yeah, what the heck? And through that experience, because I was in Washington all the time, it was a very hoity-toity, very big thing. And it was um, about a three-month event, essentially, with four or five major events within the event. And so mm -hmm. that was my first um, just exposure to politics. And luckily, I was able to get to know so many wonderful people. I got to meet the historians of the House and the Senate and all of the, spe the speaker of the House. And then really right after that, um, I was lucky enough to meet President Bush 41 and Barbara Bush. And wow. that was the beginning of um, probably among my most meaningful relationships because I saw the very best of the best, people who did not have big egos, who, who cared about volunteerism and helping others and did the right thing and had values. And, and I, that's how I grew up. So I feel very lucky that I tried to always think of what they would do um, in certain circumstances, other than my parents, of course, but, but they were a huge influence and, and continue to be up until the day both of them passed away and still on because my really good friend is writing, uh, has written a wonderful book called Pearls of Wisdom. Her name is Jean Becker, and she's writing a book about, a push, a book about her experience being the chief of staff of President Bush. So, you know, you see all of these wonderful people and great stories. It only helped me sort of have the trajectory of the career I wanted to mingle what I love in communications with what I love to help other people and and volunteerism. So that's was always important to me. And I've I've been very lucky. I've worked with every major CEO, presidents, world leaders, um, entertainers mm -hmm. over so many years and have a million stories, but I'll never publish them in a tell-all book because I do have really good stories. <laughs> but I, bet you do. I do, but they will never leave the vault because that's that's what you don't do. That's but it's right. yeah. Yeah, it's been a really great, um, it's been a really great experience. So transitioning to be a full-time author is probably the best thing ever because I've been there, done that with everything else. Now I can focus on helping other people, writing inspirational books. And at uh, some point I'll do a fiction. I have a couple good ideas for that as well when I just want to have a little fun. But in the meantime, and actually another, I'm working on a new book called Kill Shot. And it is about um, this um, another amazing veteran who was um, uh, actually two of his bunkmates were murdered when he was in Iraq and he was the lone survivor. 
uh, which is unusual for you know your brothers to murder you know e each other. And it's his story because his he had horrible injuries, had no memory of anything, and had a horrible um, recovery, but managed to recover over all of these years and has thrived. The, the shooter is in jail, um, was um, accused of you know three two counts of premeditated murder and one of attempted murder, and he ended up again an amazing person worked mm -hmm. through pain almost losing his leg half of his head is is gone i mean he had all of these issues to overcome today he is thriving he went to culinary school he's a chef a father so again it's it's stories about people kind of like us too where you have a bad thing happen and your choice is do you want to succumb to it or do you want to do something about it do you want to be strong and face your demons, whatever they may be, and do something to help others. Yeah, and I think if you can do that. A lot yeah, of hope. Exactly. Because there really is, there's, there's life after suicide for the families. There is, you know, um, it's so wonderful that he left you that beautiful letter, your husband, um, to give you that blessing to, to move on and to be happy, because I think so many people don't get that message. Um, a gift, what a gift for your family. Um, and with uh, this past Saturday, 1010 being World Mental Health Day, I think mm -hmm. this message of, of hope that even going through something horrific like you have gone through, you, you recognize the, this wonderful life that you've been, well, you've worked really hard for. Let's not say it's just yeah. been dumped on your lap. Mm -hmm. um, and the opportunity to encourage and, and help others. I think it's so wonderful, Deva. And I, oh, I look forward to the opportunity to, to seeing you next time. Uh, well, I will fix my computer problem for sure. <laughs> That's okay. We're, listen, in this global pandemic, we're, we're lucky that we even get to have these conversations. I'm sure um, you feel just as blessed as I do sometimes just to be able to, to talk to somebody else. We're Definitely. not alone, right? That is the truth, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Deva, so much. I look forward to talking to you again soon before the end of this month. Let's put a date on the that. That is definitely a plan. By then, I should have this computer fixed. <laughs> so that's great. Thanks so much, Sharon. Thank you. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E Technology. Check them out. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. We would love it if you subscribed. This way you'll get notified every time there's a new episode, which in fact are Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Please feel free to leave a review. It really helps us, and we appreciate your support. Thank you.